You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Sandy Bostick, the old agent in charge. I'm uh, I'm back. Uh, we I took a little temporary break here the last few months. We had a lot of ranching things going on and and uh, making money, and everybody was relaxed when uh, Donald Trump was uh, the our clear leader. And now that things are kind of up in the air, I gave Dave a call, and I think it's time that we kind of start getting this program going again, so we can talk about what's going on in this world. So. How are you doing, Dave? Oh, doing great. Uh, if we can, uh, like you said, get all of this settled and start living again. and uh, Right. You know, right. It's, between the election and the COVID-19 and just, you know, and everybody obviously has their own personal problems as well. And it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see 2020 go. I just hope that 2021 is that much better. Yeah, and it's a it's a kind of a scary time for the people in the country right now, you know, and, and all of those included because you have such a disparity, you have such a, a, a vast canyon between the what looks like the belief uh, uh, the beliefs or the the character of the country right now, but not when you say that. You know, we talk, we're talking about the media that nobody trusts anymore and, and the way they report things. I mean, you think it would be, you know, like trying to cross the Pacific Ocean between the two, the, the right and the left. But I think really what we're seeing with, uh, of course, nobody really knows what the actual number of votes are right now. There's been so much deception in this election. But I think that what we're seeing as far as the Congress and all that, uh, you know, that, that people are still wanting to stay in the middle and have a normal America. You know, and so it's, you know, it's up to people like us, you know, to, uh, to do our best to keep, uh, keep this country a good place to live. And, uh, we don't want to go to extreme right. We don't want to go extreme left, you know. And, uh, so, uh, but anyway, so I guess, uh, so we don't waste too much time. I got several things I want to kind of talk about today and, and, uh, just let everybody know that, yeah, just before I get into this, uh, I'm gonna have a co-host here, probably about this next show, we'll see, Maggie Oswald, who I used to work with, uh, with Homeland Security, and, and she's an Intel analyst, and she's probably the world's greatest check, uh, fact checker, super intelligent, I used to always laugh, and, and she was not a special agent, but she was a support staff special agent, and she was a uniformed customs officer, uh, in the beginning of her, of her career as a, with the U.S. Customs, and basically, like just myself, we ended up working for uh, Homeland Security when they formed the, uh, formed a, a department, but, uh, you know, she, I used to tell her, you know, she, she's super sharp, and I used to, it's really fun to talk to, and, and has a great sense of humor, and I used to tell her, I said, you know, I said, you know, one time I asked, I told her, I said, you know who the, uh, the, the best investigator in this office is, and I was internal affairs, she was working with us, and she goes, no, who? I said, it's you. I said, none of us be able to make these cases without you. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I was in Russia, I was the, uh, the attache for Homeland Security in Russia for three years. Uh, that was after I left internal affairs and, uh, and, and she continued to, to work as my analyst for me. And, uh, cause she was so good and she's always around the money. So looking forward to getting Maggie on the show and, and, uh, she'll be co-hosting and covering when I can't be here and vice versa with her. Uh, second thing of business, just so, uh, uh, and Dave and I talked about this. Uh, I have a, I just, that's it today. I started a, a new, uh, uh, email address. Uh, where that you can send questions or comments to, and it's I've shopped around and found the best encrypted, the best let or the least monitored uh, uh, email service out there that's on the open web, 
and uh, and it's called Zoho. And so, if you want to get in contact with us, and, I, and Dave's going to uh, put this on my uh, on my page on his website, and if you don't have this, but it's it's going to be Agent in Charge at ZohoMail.com. Once again, it's Agent in Charge at all, Agent in Charge, all one word at ZohoMail, all one word dot com. So anyway, so as my wife calls me, she says, uh, you know, she tells me that that I'm the uh, biggest know-it-all in the state of Texas, and I always have to correct her. I'm not the biggest know-it-all in the state of Texas. I'm just the best-looking know-it-all in the state of Texas. So anyway, so first thing I want to talk about is that it's what you know, we're seeing right now that's got everybody upset is that this election that we're in is that uh, there's not doesn't seem to be an end in sight to it. And uh, I'm not an expert on elections by any means, but I am pretty good at looking at evidence and trying to and figure it out if there is a investigation that is warranted, and if, if something needs to be done or not. And so let's just kind of go through some of these things, Dave, and let's, let's give me your thoughts on this. And uh, so let's talk about the, the allegation, of course, if, if those of you who've been living in a cave or just, just washed in from a uh, deserted island and haven't been, been watching the news or or on the email services uh, of the Internet, is that, you know, that uh, it, I watched the election on, on election eve and, and that the, the allegation by the Trump administration is that they clearly won this election, but as the night progressed through illegal votes and, uh, and fraudulent means, that the uh, Democratic Party uh, stole the election from him. And, uh, and so, of course, they're denying that they did. And so somewhere in the middle, as we talked about, the truth lies. And so, so let's look at what I've looked at and found uh, that, you know, understand now, I say I'm, I'm no longer a special agent, I'm retired. And so I'm not out there investigating this. I'm just going off of what I was reading, uh, mostly on the internet and what I'm hearing from people. And, uh, but let's, let's have a look at some of what I think are the, if there is fraud, this is the most telltale of, uh, that, that needs to be looked into. And so, so right now, according to my count, seven states, they were all the swing states, had more voters than they had registered voters. Okay. So, that's uh, what do you think about that, Dave? Is that possible? <laughs> uh, if you got a really <laughs> sharp shovel and you can dig quick and uh, get them to cast a ballot and then cover them up again. <laughs> so now, the whether you like Judicial Watch or not, okay, you got those guys. I mean, their research is top notch. I'm sure they've got a team. They're well funded. And so Judicial Watch, I'm just reading this off of uh, some information I took off the Internet here. Judicial Watch announced today that a September 2020 study revealed that 353 U.S. counties had 1.8 million more registered voters than eligible voting age citizens. In other words, the registration rates of those counties exceeded 100% of eligible voters. And the study found eight states showing statewide registration rates exceed 100% were Alaska, Colorado, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, which is one of the, the uh, debated states, uh, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Okay, so, so like I say that's definitely something that needs to, uh, you know, we need to know the truth on that. Because, I mean, and, and here's, a, here's the, so, and I guess you have 1.8 million more. Is that really enough to swing this election? Well, I don't know. I don't, we, the final counts are not in. But it's something definitely that, uh, that, you know, we need to, uh, understand 
how that happened, why that happened, and how we can prevent that from happening again. And uh, second thing that I have been, uh, you know, keeping up with are the U.S. is the U.S. Postal Service. Now, this is what gets me, and uh, and this is uh, definitely a uh, prosecutable uh, offense if there is any truth to this. You know, I get this guy's name. There's been more than one whistleblower, but the one that's getting all the attention right now, his name, I just read about this morning. Let's see. Where is this guy's name? Richard Hopkins. Okay, so anyway, he's claiming that he overheard his supervisors, one supervisor tell another supervisor that he had messed up and he did not backdate the uh, the late ballots that came in, the mail-in ballots that came in, they did not backdate them as they were instructed to do, uh, you know, in a closed meeting. And then additional USPS uh, postal service workers are coming forward saying that they were instructed to take ballots that were uh, it came in after the close of the the polls, and uh, and back if they were not backdated on the proper date, to backdate them to the closing date of collection. And so that's obviously, you know, that's uh, when when you have a, a government institution has an allegation like that, not, that definitely has to be investigated to, to determine whether there's validity to that or not. Because you you can just imagine the ramifications if we don't, you know. And so, and so, I mean, if it's big it stands to be true, who did it? How'd they get to them? And, and what was the payout? I mean, was there anything, you know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the possibilities are just endless as to how this came to be or did not come to be. So definitely something we didn't need to find out. Interesting note also on that is that the, uh, it was the Washington Post this morning. No, it was the New York Post, sorry. No, no, New York Times. Let's see. Make sure I got my information correct here. Yeah, let's see. The, the New York Times uh, alleged, they, they printed a story that said that Mr. Hopkins, the whistleblower, this, this morning had recanted, or yesterday had recanted his story and said that he lied about that. And he made up the fact that he had overheard the, the uh, discussion between the two supervisors on changing the postmarks of the uh, envelopes of the ballots. And when, in fact, he, he came back on and did a video and said, I did not ever do that. And he's denying it. He said, so, you know, we already have, you know, once again, the fake news is coming out there and trying to discredit and muddy the waters, you know. And he said, no, that, he said, I did not change my mind. He said, what I heard is what I heard, and I'm not backing off that. It's just the truth. And so... Once again, like I say, just everything just comes down to so much of what you hear. I mean, what you want to believe, what you're seeing in the media. I mean, my advice is turn off the fake news media and uh, try to find better sources of information. You know, and so any comments on those on those days? (laughs) I don't know where you go to get the uh, real news. As I mentioned to you many (laughs) times, uh, had I had I when I was with a. radio station uh, offered my opinion or offered lies, I would have been fired in a heartbeat. It, there wouldn't have been any uh, argument about it. I would have been fired. And uh, yep. we either reported the news as it came in over the uh, UPI, United Press International, or AP, Associated Press. And uh, that was it, period. We didn't have you... If you were doing the news, you did what was put in front of you. You didn't make it up as you went along. So, and I, 
was there when Kennedy was assassinated, and that's how we reported was from what we got in from Associated Press and from United Press International, and that was it. No opinions. We didn't we didn't guess as to what was behind the hill or how many shots were fired or anything else. We just reported right. what we had. So, uh, you know, and I guess what, uh, what you and I would probably both agree upon is something like what's going on right now can, can start the rumor factory up doing overtime. And, you know, everybody, uh, the worst place, in fact, that I think you can, <laughs> it's not news anyway, is Facebook or Twitter or any of the other social medias. They don't know any more than, than I do or anybody else does. And until we have a real investigation, if that's possible, then nobody's going to know. I think there's a, right. in my opinion, there's enough questions out there that, you know, like the old saying goes, you throw enough against the wall and some of it's got to stick. But then, right. I, then again, I ask myself, I think the one of the guiltiest people still walking free is Hillary Clinton. And, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing has happened to her and probably never will happen to her. Obama comes in there not far behind and, uh, you know, so... I don't put any, it, this is so cynical today. I don't put anything behind, beyond anybody to do anything, you know? And. Right. It, it's a yeah, sick way to live. Is, and you know, in, in this, uh, you gotta understand, I mean, in, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not far left and, and I, I, I am more right of center than, than, uh, than I am to the left than I used to be. And, uh, and uh, just by you know getting older and more mature, and, and and seeing the world for what it really is, and spending a lot of time working overseas and and with different cultures and all, and and, uh, and it's just you know you have to use the, the the far left, which is my opinion. You know these are uh, with their big money uh, donors, and which you know is Facebook and Twitter and and uh, George Soros and that crowd. You know they are trying to change the world, but they're very dedicated to it. You understand. They're, they're probably they're a lot more dedicated to changing our our society, not just in this country, around the world, than we are. They're more dedicated than we are to keeping it like it is, and that's something we've got to change. You know, you've got to you've got to have to make a decision, and uh, is you know not in the future, but like right now. You know, are you going to be part of the sheep that just goes along with this uh, with this uh, change of, of of our civilization uh, to a communist? Uh, uh, tyranny type of a, a world system? Or are you going to stand up? Or are you going to be like the wolf and get together and get in there and do something about your situation? And so right now, the uh, the far left, they're, they're better wolves than we are. We've got to pick up our game and we've got to get, we've got to uh, you know, be able to combat this. And I say this, it's not that we want to change the world. We want, you know, what my belief is, is I, I, I say, I, I don't, I don't I don't support the Democrats. I don't support the Republicans. Uh, the Democrats have gone too far left. They're, they represent what I, you know that, that the things that I saw in the former Soviet Union and, and communist countries that that, uh, that that is not conducive to a peaceful and a good, solid lifestyle. 
And, uh, but at the same time, the Republicans, uh, what I've seen in them is they're such a bunch of lightweights that, uh, I can't support those guys either. And they really <laughs> need to, to pump up their game. You, you know, know the, it's amazing the number of people that escape. And I use that word, uh, with many definitions, but they leave or escape or they run to America to get away from communism or socialism or a state run society and then they come here and what do they want to do they want to change it to what they just left right right and that you know a contrary of it you know but as a breath of fresh air as we've seen space people that came out of cuba and florida you know you're getting a lot of these people from south america that are coming up here and saying you know americans you know new citizens and green card holders saying you know Trust is you don't want that type of society. You don't want that type of government because you know. Just look at Venezuela. I mean, uh, in the in this, you know, my my wife said it best. She said, you know, if all this is true, all this voter fraud, she goes, then, you know, then we're just we just like just like uh, like Russia. We're 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 doing. We have become just like what we used to accuse the Russians of doing in their elections. Yep. And uh, so if this does hold true, I mean, then we are, you know, don't, you know, you know, what's the old saying about rocks and glass houses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and I'm sure the Russians are sitting back laughing at us right now. They will. It took them a while, but they're finally there. Well, you, you know, know this, uh, this is why we do the show, Let's Talk Venezuelan. And uh, our host of that show still have their contacts in Venezuela and as we've said on that show, or they've said, we're walking right, America is walking right down the path of that with AOC and Omar and, you know, they're, we're, they're pushing us right down the Venezuelan path. And, right, right. you know, when, and you and I have talked about this when I was in school, and I know they're not teaching it now, but when I was even in grade school, we were taught socialism is the first step before communism, and communism is the taking over of the government by force, where socialism is taking over our lives very stealthily, and we don't even know that it's happening until we we I, we get our guns taken away, we get all of our rights taken away, and the government tells us when to wake up and when to go to bed. And, right. Uh, you know what doctor we can see or what doctor we can't see, and this is right, this right. is what we're coming to, and rapidly. Right, right. And I want so, I want to throw out one other thing: if we lose the Senate, we've lost. Right, and I, I've got some points to cover on that, and so I, I was supposed to uh, before I get into before I finish up here on the last of these uh, allegations that are being made about this. Did you want to take a quick break? No, let's just keep going for right now. Okay? Keep rolling? Okay. Yeah. Right, let's keep going. So, all right. So, let's go ahead and finish this segment here. And uh, so, now, this, like I say, if all these things are even half true, okay, then we know we don't have any idea what the outcome of this election really is. Computer data shows in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia, once counting stopped on the, on the election day, uh, when everything, you know, when the, all the votes are in, at about 4 a.m., Joe Biden's votes rose. The number of people voting for him rose to the level that put him near or over the lead. I mean, magically. And just all of a sudden, and, and 
not only through the, by the you know, their computer analysis is showing that, the, that this is about the time that all of a sudden, like 27,000 votes, you know, magically appeared in, in his box there. And so, uh, and on, on the same, on the same uh, note here, uh, trucks with Biden Harris, uh, you know, decals on them, you know, pro Biden Harris, you know, uh, their, their election vehicles showed up at polling locations full of bags, full of ba- bags full of ballots, all for Biden. No votes no for Trump. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and many of the ballots only only had Joe Biden's name on it. Nobody else, okay? Obviously, these are probably counterfeit, you know, or they were intentionally made this way. And so, but like I said, this is an allegation. It's something that needs to really be looked into. And it really, there are several witnesses that have come forward and, and, and talked about this. Okay, so uh, next two points here, we'll knock these out. In Detroit and Philadelphia, of course, this is the big one. Poll observers were not allowed access to watch poll workers. And we've seen the video. Everybody's seen the video of that. We're in Detroit where they're putting up the, the big uh, cardboard pieces of paper where nobody can see what's going on. And at the uh, I've, you know, back in uh, uh, 1999, it was 2000, during the election 2000, I was assigned as a uh, – uh, as a, I was not a Secret Service agent, but I was loaned out to the Secret Service. Uh, several of my fellow customs agents were loaned out to work, uh, you know, security for the, uh, Republican National Convention in Philadelphia back then. And, uh, this is in the, uh, Philadelphia Convention Center. If you've never been in there, it's a huge, huge place. It's just, it goes on forever and you can, they have all types of huge conventions, car shows, uh, aviation shows, political events, and you can put, millions of people in this place it looks like i don't know what the actual capacity is but it's a big place and uh, my understanding is that you know that the uh, the poll watchers were made to stay about almost like 100 feet from the people actually counting the ballots and but the people counting the ballots went all the way across this convention center which goes on forever and so there's just no telling nobody can tell you what happened to there there's nobody no one was allowed to watch them you know and so and I'm going to end with this, this little segment just with the last two things. It, and it, 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 when you look at all this, and, uh, and like I say, when I watched what happened with the counting of the votes on, on that, uh, on election eve, you know, for better lack of a better term, the fix was obviously in. I mean, if you, I mean, if, if, because you, and here's the thing that, that, that maybe lean this direction, because I watched until, you know, Joe Biden came on and said on election night, he felt confident he would win, and the reason he said he was he said he was winning, he said he was looking good at Wisconsin and other swing states. When in fact he was behind, he was not looking good at that time. How would he know that? I mean, what numbers? What did crystal ball was he looking into that he knew that there that he was doing okay there? He wasn't doing okay. He was behind, and at the way it was trending, he was going to stay behind, and he had no way of, no way of knowing where he stood at the time. And then also, you look at, uh, at, uh, what's that guy's name? He's the, uh, he's the, uh, Attorney General for Pennsylvania. Uh, is it Shapiro? Is that his name? Josh Shapiro? Shapiro, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was saying days before the election, he was confident that Pennsylvania was going to go for Trump. How do you know that? How could he possibly know that number? You know, so was the fix in? I'm not going to say if it was or wasn't, but you know, like we say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. <laughs> and so, you know, so the thing is, these really need to be looked at. And here's why they really need to be looked at is because whether you voted for 
uh, Donald Trump or, or Barack Obama. We need to have a real count because those who voted for Biden have the right to know what the actual numbers are. Those who voted for Trump have a right to know what the actual numbers are. And two, I mean, if I were Joe Biden, and I'm not, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I've never been a fan of Joe Biden. I've never liked, uh, always, we go in what I think about him as, as a politician, a person later. And, uh, but, uh, but there are people I know who voted for him, good friends of mine. And they would, they, they, they're Biden. I won't say they're fans, but they, I know they voted for him. But the thing is, you, why would you want to go into a four-year commitment to the President of the United States with over half of, or somewhere around half or maybe over half the people in this country believing that that was a rigged election, that you're not really the President of the United States? You can just imagine all the problems that's going to cause. And so going back to the election, we're going back to uh, 2008 and 2012 when, when John McCain got whipped by Barack Obama and, and uh, Mitt Romney laid down and got whipped by Barack Obama. Uh, there is no question, okay, whether you like Barack Obama or not, he won. There's no question about that. Too bad. Try again next time. And then Mitt Romney tried and he got beat because he just didn't put the, there's all sorts of reasons he didn't win. And, uh, but the bottom line is their candidate was more appealing to the American people than the Republican candidate was. And so, but there, but the thing is, I mean, Barack Obama got to be a president without questions of, of uh, validity, at least as far as the election goes. I still don't think he was born in the United States, to be honest with you. But, uh, but that's, you know, that's not going to be investigated or proven either. And it doesn't really matter at this time, you know, because, but regardless, like I say, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I mean, we all deserve to know what the true numbers are. And if all these allegations here, if they're half true, how are we ever going to know what the real numbers are? I think it's going to be impossible. You know, what do you think? You know the uh, the old saying of where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think there's enough smoke going on right now that that there's, in my opinion, uh, fraud. But you know whether we'll ever prove it or not, whether the Democrats will be able to squash it before it really comes to light, I don't know, and. Uh, I agree that the people should know. And I also, you know, one, I think we should never, ever have mail-in voting again. Uh, absentee voting, as long as it's uh, signed and and notarized or witnessed, that's one thing. Definitely monitored, yes. Early, and early voting, I heard some people upset about that. I don't have a problem with early voting as long as... You show your ID and anybody right. that says that's discriminatory or that's, you know, you're a bigot if you want an ID, you want to show an ID, you know, bull. Uh, right. We've got a privilege and I don't want you voting and not showing an ID and you shouldn't want me voting without showing an ID. And I have no problems pulling my ID out any place, be it Costco right. or the bank or whatever. And I certainly don't have any problem with pulling it out when I'm expressing my opinion and voting. Right. And, and anybody, I mean, because cause here we are, I mean, in Texas you're required to do that. And so, you know, I stood in the line. My wife and I, Paul and I stood in the, in the we, we already voted. Stood in line for an hour to cast our votes, and uh, and you know, 
if you're not patriotic enough or you don't care enough to do that, I mean, then do you should do we, do you really have a right to vote? I don't know. But like I say, I just my thing is I want to show the person to do it, so there would no be would not be any question as what my about that I voted. You know, exactly. and uh, and it, it, in my own mind, I mean, I know that uh, that I got out and tried to do what was best for the country. And, uh, and so, but yeah, I mean, this, this mail-in ballot thing, it's just, and, and Trump was warning us about this a long time ago, that this was going to be a big issue, and it was, uh, the, the, the potential for fraud, it was just overwhelming. And of course, anybody who has any common sense at all can see that. I mean, because, you know, especially when you have all these different election, uh, uh, boards of these different states, with different rules, I mean, anything can happen. But you know, but if we go like going back to these uh, these allegations, if if these are true, okay, then uh, then what what uh, what gets me? I don't know if this was arrogance on the part of whoever's buying this or or what they're thinking. But they if they committed this, they didn't do a very good job of it. <laughs> I mean, they didn't try to hide anything. They didn't. They didn't try to hide. I mean, if they really did pull up there in those vans with Biden and Harris on them, and, and uh, they had all those votes in there that were all for Joe Biden, if that's really true, I mean, that's not a very smart criminal. And uh, and then and two, I mean, you go in and you look at the computer tallies, and all of a sudden, when when Joe Biden would need to go ahead with twenty seven thousand votes, boom! Then within the thirty minutes, he had twenty seven thousand votes that he hadn't gotten all day long, you know, and so. I'm not going to say we need to react to that right now, but here's the problem now with investigations. In this, we've come to a sad state in this country when we got to this point. I'm sorry. I have friends that I work with in the FBI. They're good people. I didn't work much with the FBI, but, uh, but the FBI has lost a lot of credibility in so many things with Russiagate and then with, uh, with this, uh, the, the Hunter Biden scandal and, and the fact that they, that nobody's making a move on all these allegations that people want to know. It was is the 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 man who calls himself the president elect Joe Biden was he taking money from the Ukraine or from China for for political influence when he was the vice president of the United States? I would like to know that. I think that's really something really important to know. Now here's the deal. Unlike the fake news, I'm willing to accept if there is evidence he did it, then he needs to account for it. If there is no evidence, then that's the way it is. Okay, I mean, so you know, I'm like uh, as we discussed. I, I too, I mean, I, I was a, a journalist for a few years, and I actually have a degree in, in journalism, investigative reporting, and uh, just like yourself, Dave. I mean, we were taught and uh, that you did not insert your opinion into anything. You just wrote the facts as you could find them, and, uh, and you left it up to the reader to make up their mind as to what was right or wrong. But you didn't go in there and you didn't make up news. You didn't, you know, you, you were held to a, a strict standard. And that's what they taught in journalism school years ago. But today, I mean, it's, there's no accountability and, uh, and just very disappointed. And, and I used to, you know, back during the Bill O'Reilly days and up just a few months ago, I was a pretty big, uh, I, I used to watch Fox News quite a bit. And, uh, but today, I mean, they're just doing just the same thing at all that CNN and MSNBC are doing. Look at their polls. I mean, they were showing Trump behind eight to ten points, and uh, I finally stopped watching them. And because uh, you know, and, and then when you go back and you watch the debate, uh, the first debate where the, the president 
not only was he debating Joe Biden, he was he was debating Chris Wallace. I mean, and so you know when you watch all these things, it's just you realize that there we got some problems in this country that I don't know if we're going to be able to fix them, but we we sure better start trying now. You know, and so. Any questions or comments on that? <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, I'll bring up one that, uh, you know, there was a time in the, even in the 60s, uh, and in part of the 70s, but back in 50, in the 50s, 60s, and part of the 70s, if you go back and, and, uh, you brought up an old, uh, uh, Walter Cronkite, a newscast, or uh, I can't remember um, on NBC, but uh, there were two guys there that did the news. And but if you and and even local news, if you go back into the fifties and sixties, and this was the way it was that after a newscast, you would see whoever had just given the report sign some papers. They would have to sign off on what they had read as being what they had read, you know, not right. not make believe, not made up stories. But today they don't do that because nobody is holding anybody accountable for anything they say. But if if you remember, uh, what, what was Dave? Uh, well, Brinkley one. Uh, right. And uh, who was it? I can't. Roger Mudd. Roger Mudd. But there was a. Uh, the two guys on Chet, Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. Wasn't that it? Okay. Anyway, Chet. Uh, oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely dating ourselves now, aren't we? Oh, yeah. But if you go back and watch one of their, the end of one of their newscasts, they always signed off on what they had just reported. And that was because they were being checked. If, if they had uh, had something in front of them that said there's 365 days in the year and they came out and said, well, that's really not true. There's only 360 days in a year. They would be, you know, that was their opinion and they would be held accountable. Now no one holds anybody accountable for anything they say. Producers, directors, nobody is held accountable. And I think this is terrible. And I uh, just like... Just like I said, showing your ID is just holding, holding you accountable for who you are. My God, how, right. how wrong can that be? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. So it's just, uh, honesty seems to be a lost, uh, lost value that, uh, not only in this country, but you, you get overseas. I mean, but that, but they, we expect that in these third world countries and, and, uh, places where people don't have their civil liberties that we have, you know. But like I said, we don't want to end up in that category. And if this election is allowed to stand like it is with all these questions like there are out there and all these accusations, then we're just one step towards either one, dividing totally as a country, you know, where, you know, people are going to want us to see and we're going to go back to what we were doing 150 years ago, or you're just going to have a takeover and you're going to have a uh, socialist, soon-to-be communist country. And that's just the bottom line. If, because once you start losing these liberties that are guaranteed to us in the Constitution, then our way of life is gone. You right. know, and so people ought to ask themselves: Would I rather stand in line for an hour or two hours or even four hours to vote, or would I rather stand in line for three or four or six hours to get a loaf of bread? 
Right, right. And I, I, I know I, when I was working, especially in Central Asia and, and Russia, I met a lot of people that, uh, that lived during the Soviet Union and the communist years of Poland and, and Eastern Europe. And, uh, and those are just what they'll tell you. They said, you know, that, uh, that, you know, one particular buddy of mine is, uh, he was a, uh, uh, an air conditioned specialist, heating and air conditioned guy with the embassy in Moscow. And, uh, he grew up in Poland and he said that, there would come times that his mother would go stand in line three or four hours and all she'd come home with at the meat shop was pork fat. Okay. No meat, just pork fat. Okay. And so, and, and, and people, you know, they, I've noticed it was real, you know, whenever I would cook for people, uh, we would do some supper and stuff in our offices and we had quite a few Russians that were reporters that were translators and all. And, and uh, if I ever, my specialty is pinto beans for me from Texas, you know, I'd make a pot of pinto <laughs> beans with, with, with bacon or whatever. And now I'm making Wagyu meat, which is the best. But, uh, but anyway, so, but I would, uh, I could, what I, I would, what I thought was very light seasoning to them was the hot they could stand. A little bit of chili powder in there, they couldn't eat it. It's a little bit too much black pepper, they couldn't eat it. And so I asked, I was talking to one of my, uh, one of Nick, who was my, uh, Still a good friend and, and was my right hand guy over there, my interpreter, and got me around the country. And, and uh, yeah, I asked him about that, and he said, "Well, you got to understand." He said, "They're in the Soviet Union." He said, "We didn't have spices. Nobody, there was no spices, and if we had them, nobody could afford them." He said, "So people in the Soviet Union got used to eating food without spices. Therefore, you know, there's anything that that we consider to be mildly spicy to them." You know, it's too hot, too spicy. So you think about that. That's what that's what you're looking at. So, and uh, so anyway, so so what do I suggest that we do on this? You know, um, well, you know, and you and I discussed this too. And so, the, and I'm not an attorney, and so I'm not going to go out there and start trying to uh, preach constitutional law. Or, I'm not going to tell you what the Supreme Court will or the states will do. Some people say it's a states' rights issue. Some people say the Supreme Court's got to get involved. And there's all different avenues to that. And so you could make an entire show of that. And that would be a good show to have if we had a really good constitutional attorney you could come and speak with. And maybe I'll, if, if this thing, we'll see how this works out. Maybe I know a couple of good attorneys that maybe I get them to come in and sit in on, well, on a future show. But the main thing was going to come down to. And people are asking, you know, people are nervous right now. They don't know how this is going to work out. And so it's going to come down to really one thing. It's going to depend on the strength of the evidence that the Trump administration shows to the courts, whether it be the Supreme Court, state courts. And, uh, and it's going to depend on how good and solid evidence is. None of us know what that is. And I, and I really think that, that uh, just listening, I was listening, uh, you're talking about where's a good source to get news now. And what I'm watching now is uh, two stations that are soaring now because the Fox has, has gotten so, has gone uh, with the rest of the, the mainstream media. But it's Newsmax, Bill O'Reilly, my man Bill's back over there. And Newsmax is a great, is a great uh, channel to watch. You're getting some good facts out of there. And then also One American News. There, One American News is, is, uh, is probably a bigger network that they, uh, they're doing some really good investigative reporting right now, looking into all these different allegations that are going on. So to answer your question, that's a good place to go look. But, uh, but so, but what I'm, 
looking at the people, like I, I don't really listen to words much anymore as so I look at body language. And that's one thing I was, was taught to do. And, and I can tell you pretty quick if someone's lying to you or not just by watching the way they, they act when they talk to you. <laughs> it used to drive my son, my son's crazy when they were growing up because I could, I could, I could uncover when they were lying to me or not in just a matter of seconds. They say, how'd you know? <laughs> but this government training. And, uh, but when, uh, when, uh, I watched Mike Pompeo, okay, he's on the inside, of course, and uh, he's convinced. He's, he, when they asked him the other day, he said, uh, he said, well, are you prepared for a smooth transition of power with the incoming Biden administration, with the new administration coming in? And he said, yes, we are. He said, he said we're perfectly ready for the transition with the, with the Trump team coming back in for another four years. Okay, a lot of people said he was just kidding about that, but when I look at him, I don't think he's kidding. I think that was more of a look of confidence than it was a jest. And so he must have an idea. Or probably, I'm sure he knows what the evidence is that they have right now. And then there was a uh, one of the Trump administration attorneys on last night, and and he ended. You know, he talked about as much as he could because you got to realize, you know, as an attorney, it's just like any type of adversarial relationship when you go up against. Another attorney, another, you know, a, 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 whatever the dispute in court is, you don't want to play your hand until you absolutely have to because you don't want the other side to have time to prepare to come back and, and do a good job of doing counter arguments against what you're, uh, uh, you know, what you're alleging. And so they're not playing, they're not showing their hand right now, but he left uh, when it was over with. And I, that's why I just can't remember the guy's name. He's got multiple attorneys working for him now. But, uh, when he left, he, he said that, you know, Everybody just needs to remain calm. And he said, don't do anything rash. And he said, uh, he said, this is all going to turn out okay. And so, so you can take it. And I just, and so those, those two different people, when I watch them, just watching their body language, I don't think they're, they're kidding. I think they've got a pretty good idea, you know. Now, like I say, but, it, but when it's all said and done, I mean, the final decision is you know, on these lawsuits is going to be whatever justice or, our court makes a decision, determination on it. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse. And, uh, but you know, there's something in the back of my mind, you know, tells me that, that, you know, Trump is not, he's not out of this by any means. And, and two, when you, you know, the only time I ever, uh, made money when I would go to the racetrack and read those the horse track, and, and, <laughs> if, if, if I would bet on the long shot and he'd win, <laughs> well, you know, Trump's a long shot right now, but you gotta look at it. Is he really a long shot? Because whether you are, whether you're a, a Democrat or Republican, you gotta look at the history of the last four years. He beat the Democrats and he beat the media at every single thing that happened. He's beat them at everything. I don't see how he's going to lose this unless he just decides that he doesn't want to do it again. You know, and there's there's rumors out there that he may go for a second uh, term in 2024. No, and, uh, he'd be too old. So, but, uh, you know, that's, yeah, he'd be 78. I, I don't know why he would. Yeah. And so, but, uh, but anyway, so, you know, so, but the, you know, in, in, in the upcoming shows, we're going to discuss some things, you know, if it, if it looks like, I, I still think that the, just, Looking at, at the kind of situation on the Senate race, uh, it looks like to me that, that the Republicans are probably still going to remain control, and that and that's two years of not a whole lot of stuff happening. Now, there I'm sure the Biden administration will come out with a bunch of executive orders that are unconstitutional regarding guns and and freedom of speech and the different things that they want to do, 
And uh, so, but as far as anything getting written into law, I don't think if the if the Senate stays where it is, you're not going to have the, the huge tax increases that are going to destroy business again. And Senator, now, we need uh, to uh, we need to take a break right quick. Okay, sounds good. We'll be back with uh, Sandy Bostica right after this. Whether cruising the strip in a '57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a '71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160. Or you can reach us on the web at McCollisters.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on Agent in Charge on America's Web Radio, and we have our special agent in charge on the line with us today, and we're enjoying talking to him about um, the mess our world seems to be in or the mess the United States seems to be in. And, uh, you know, I, I do have faith, Sandy, that... We've gone through, as a country, we've gone through a lot of different things and a lot of things this year. But, you know, we come out on top because we're not only the greatest country in the world, but down deep inside, we have the greatest culture and people in the world. And if anybody can figure it out, our citizenry can. And we will. Right. No, I'm with, yeah, yes. And, and people ask me, uh, okay, say, you know, there's, I deal a lot with the, the, uh, the rural community, of course, because we're in the ranching business. And so I know a lot of, uh, other ranchers and farmers and cow buyers and people in the trucking businesses related and all. And, and, uh, and they ask me, they say, well, okay, say this thing, does continue to get really bad and, and all of a sudden we look up and, and the constitution's gone and and uh, this is kind of this totalitarian society is it is or where would you suggest that we go live and i like i tell them i said well right now i mean this is this is the best place still by a long shot it's going to have to really get bad before mexico or somewhere in south america or even going to europe yes and so the thing is what i tell everybody don't panic because what what the what the election results Regardless of, you know, like I said, we're never going to know at this point what the real count is. You know, is Joe Biden really 75 million? I got a feeling it's uh, a lot less than that. Is Donald Trump really down there around 71 million? I got a feeling it's a little bit higher than that. And, but we're not going to be able to prove it. 
And uh, because I'm sure all these the ballots that people are talking about, the fake ballots and all, they're probably disappearing, you know, as fast as they can burn them or bury them or whatever deal with them, if they do exist. And uh, but the bottom line is what we don't give up on America yet because you know we're a long ways from being over it, and 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 we your your quality of life is still better here. And just the mainstream voting that we've seen is that that Americans don't want socialism. And, uh, and I really think that that's going to come back as far as the, the, the far left uh, politicians are in the Congress now. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to get voted out of the office, I, but I think that you're going to see uh, a, a, an evening, a much more evening out of the Congress. Because, you know, the, the, there's not much difference between a, a, a moderate Democrat and a moderate Republican. There's really not. And, uh, you know, they, just like, you know, one friend of mine who's a doctor, he's, I know he's a Democrat, but he said, you know, he said, the one thing I don't want, he, he said, he said, my wife and I are in that $400,000 per year. She's also a, a registered nurse and, and a supervisory nurse. And, uh, he says that, you know, our income is, is, uh, over $400,000 a year. He said, we don't want to pay these taxes that, that Joe Biden is talking about. And so, you know, so there is still some common sense out there. It's just unfortunately what everybody seems to be grabbing onto now are the extreme right and extreme left. And so I just want to encourage people not to do that and let this thing play out and let's see what really happens. And, uh, and, and, and following shows, we're going to talk about, okay, because we have, you know, we still got a long time to go before the electoral count is actually comes in, but let's, we'll start making preparations just in case things don't go well. You know, that there is an extreme shift of whichever direction. And we'll talk about where to put money and, and how to, you know, be prepared for when the sun does shine again <laughs> in America. But I don't think that's going to happen. I would say the doomsday is not coming. But the thing is, you always need to be prepared. The worst thing that can happen in a situation like that is that you're not prepared. I mean, you, you know, if we talk about it, always having a plan is, is what always has kept me alive through all the years of all the crazy stuff that I had to do at my job and, and uh, for all those years as an agent. Man. But, you know, having a plan and using common sense is, is, and being trained and, and by someone who knows what they're talking about is, is what saves you, know. And so, but I just want to, and I, I'm looking there, you know, just going out, I just want to talk about one thing and then to get people to realize this. And then you just got a few more minutes here, but, you know, what I was going to talk about when we got to the to the end of this, talking about the, uh, the alleged... Uh, alleged uh, voter fraud here. So so what would a Biden presidency look like? Okay, what's what's the real if he says, here's the deal, man, okay, and you're, Joe Biden, your own words, here's the deal, man. And I can tell you this from practical experience because, you know, I worked uh most time when the Obama Biden were their eight years, uh I was working either with internal affairs or I was working overseas. So I wasn't prosecuting a lot of cases that they, or I wasn't investigating cases that were going to prosecutors. But when I did come back from Russia, I had a, about a couple of years there where I was the resident agent charge in Grand Junction, Colorado, and uh, and things had really changed a lot during the, at the end of the uh, of the Obama era. And so, and this, I'm just saying, this is just looking at at uh, at criminal justice. Because, and I'll just, I'll start by saying this, if you're ever considered becoming a professional criminal, under Joe Biden, now's your chance. <laughs> because, there's, you know, law enforcement is going to drop off to nothing. It really is. And, and, and the reason, they say, how can you say that? 
Well, it's because it happened to us. Because, you know, when we had a lot, I had a task force that was made up of troopers and my agents, and we worked, mostly worked narcotics and intercepting narcotics on Interstate 70 and, and, and around the, uh, the state. And, uh, and we would make great cases, big seizures, big money seizures, and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Denver would never, ever take our cases. Everything we had prosecuted went through the state. And, uh, the problem with, uh, they, the, and, and we were in Western Colorado, so we were very successful at the state court. But all those cases should have gone federal. And they, so they never really get to be big cases because you lose, you lose the, the power of the grand jury subpoena. And so we had a grand jury investigation. That's what allows you to get outside of Colorado and go to different places, not only in the United States and around the world to, to gather information to, to put these conspiracy uh, organizations together. And so we know that there was probably direct orders from the White House to stop taking these cases involving narcotics and illegal aliens. And so we were getting nothing prosecuted. And so at the same time, what you see when there's nothing being prosecuted, well, then now they can make the claim that crime is down. Hey, look at our, look at our, look at the federal numbers, look at the U.S. Attorney's numbers here. Crime is down. And so that's, you're going to see that again. And uh, because he's already made stupid comments like, Okay, if a person's coming at you with a knife, what should you do? Shoot him in the leg? You know, wasn't that his comment about that one case or wherever it was? I can't remember what it was. He said, why didn't an officer shoot that guy out of the leg? Well, you know, that, that's his mentality. That was the mentality that was in place those eight years under the Obama administration when it came to law enforcement. And so, if you, I'll tell you who's got, who's really got this and really happy about this situation if it does happen are the cartels in Mexico and Colombia because it's going to be a field day for those guys because the drug prosecution should drop off. The, you know, the border patrol is not going to be able to handle the uh, the, uh, the the surge in illegal aliens trying to get getting into the United States, and along with them comes all the narcotics and everything else. And so, as far as as far as what I know, and as far as things that I'm an expert in, you're, if if you if he comes to this president, you're going to see a surge because they're once again. Accountability's gone, and, and 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 there's nothing he wants more than to fill the United States with a bunch of third world people who are not educated that they can they can indoctrinate. And so, with that said, do you have any comments on that, Dave? Not other than uh, you're going to see more gangs, more criminal activity, just like you said. And who are you going to call? Right. Yeah, they're going to defund the police. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is, they're going to claim that the crime is down when in fact it's increasing because once again, you know, the numbers are not going to, are not going to reflect the truth of what's going on. Well, we it, just, you know, like we talked ahead. on, uh, locked and loaded, uh, people better get it in their mind because it's going to happen. You better get trained to become your own first responder. Right. No, yeah. That's very true. And, uh, because, you know, we're already seeing this in Los Angeles. I was reading the other day a, a story about in LA that they, they've, they're defunding, uh, I can't remember what units it were, but they were, they were, uh, they were non-responsive. They were not, they were non-responding units. In other words, they, they did proactive sting type operations and, and were, were working mostly like gangs and, and narcotics and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and they've already cut their front at the point that those guys, people are saying, hey, we don't have the money to operate, and we can't even respond now. You know, so you're already seeing it mm-hmm. even before you have a transition at the White House. You know, so uh, 
And it's that's amazing. It. It's all in uh, democratic cities and democratic states. Funny how right. that works, right. huh? Yeah, so it's a, it's a strange time in which we live, and, and, uh, and I hope for my sons and everybody's children's sake that we get this worked out. And I really don't want to see this country split and have a, a north and south again. I don't want to see a revolutionary war or a civil war. It would be a real, uh, it would depend how you look at it. Maybe a revolutionary war. Who knows? And uh, but you know what I what I like to believe. I'm going to try to end every show we do with just a, uh, a quote from Thomas Jefferson. I think of all the statesmen we've had, he was probably the most knowledgeable and uh, the guy that uh, that understood this better than anybody else. And this is what I'm going to leave with today. He says, "A government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take away everything you have." And so you can you can think about that, and that's, that's exactly what you saw with uh, with the Soviet Union and uh, you know the communists in Venezuela, and uh, yeah, he, he he that was what over two hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, this is this is uh, I. And and I advise everybody, take a copy of the Constitution and read it. It'll take you less than an hour to read it, and you will find out more than you ever thought was possible, that, or more that how much you've forgotten. And it's a uh, it's a fantastic read. I do it about I try to do it about once a month, once every two months, and uh, the Constitution is fantastic, and how they. How they addressed issues 250 years ago, uh, and they didn't even have a computer. Oh my goodness! You know, right, right. But they and, did. And, and those of you, and those of you who are, are really sweating this out as far as the election goes, I'm just going to put this out there. Okay, I know a lot of people are calling and congratulating the Biden and stuff, and I don't know they want to go on the right foot. But the two most important people in the world have not, at least as of last night, and that's uh, that's that's Chi and. And Putin, they have not called in to congratulate Biden because they probably understand our Constitution better than most Americans do. And they know that this battle's not over anywhere near. So they, number one, they don't want to have egg on their face like so many people might if it turns back where, where the president gets to stay another four years. And they certainly want to be on the right foot with him if that happens, you know. So those are, those are other than our president, those are the, the two most important men in the world right now. And they're they're holding back to see what's going to happen, and so that's my advice to everybody else: you kind, of, kind of learn from those guys, just sit back and see what happens, and and, uh, and don't fret it, you know. And in regards what happens, we're going to be okay. We'll this will uh, American people always come out on top of these things, and we're going to figure it out. So, with that said, we got to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. Sandy, thank you, and look forward to next week and more agent in charge. Talk to you later. You bet. Take care. Take care. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.